podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all that thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. Yo, 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 um, welcome back to Dysonomics Podcast. I am joined by a special or not so special guest. What's your name, special guest? My name is Felicia. So how do you say your name, for real? I say it Felicia, but you can say it, you know, I like to say it however I like to add a bit of um, <laughs> pizzazz. <laughs> okay, and uh, what do you do, for those who don't remember I from I am outside? an economist, a government economist. Um, and I'm also the founder of the Black Economist Network. Pat, pat. And what what did you do recently? You've done something recently. Oh my gosh, I started a YouTube channel, yes! Oh, okay, so what's a YouTube channel called? You're not very good at this plugging stuff. Right. Oh, okay, all right, okay. Okay, I'm, let's just do this again. My name is Felicia. <laughs> I'm a government economist by profession, and I'm also the founder of the Black Economist Network. I also very recently started a YouTube channel. It's called Felicia Yanswa. You can find me on socials at Felicia Yanswa, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, you name it, everywhere. I'm there. Is that better? Yeah, much better. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Okay, so you you we had a podcast before. It was a good one. It, we spoke about I think it was like billionaires and them things there. Billionaires, yeah. So I think we even spoke about one day the people in the uprise and <laughs> fast forward how many weeks people have uprised. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's true. The random were like, nah, like and it's and I feel like what's been happening is not just the racial injustice. I think it was also a perfect storm of like Corona, especially in the United States where yeah. almost 40 million people have, last time I checked, had lost their jobs. Yeah, people have locked down. apparently that's the equivalent of like all the gains in terms of employment for the last 25 or so years just removed. Yeah. Like, them are dropping like four mil, four, three mil a week. But actually, to be fair, this week they've got some good news. They, there's 2.5 million people have gained work. So I think maybe due to the easing of lockdown in certain states like people are getting mm. to employment but they still got a long way to go 40 million people that's like damn near 60% of the population of the UK so imagine 60% of the population of the UK just done out here no nice. job and remember this is this is jobless claims so that's not even people that aren't even claiming but they've lost a yeah. job just you know like that so it's a perfect yeah. story and also there because, go on um, I think I was listening to a podcast I think it was a Bloomberg podcast and they were talking about how that's the claimant count. And the claimant count considers people who are actively looking for work. Because there's definitely people who won't be actively looking for work Facts. because they're stuck at home. Facts. Facts. So it's probably yeah. a lot more higher than that. And um, obviously, once you, and you've got a, a president, a leader, that is, in my lifetime, and when I say my lifetime, in my lifetime, being able to notice what's going on and my past research on previous presidents, by far the worst leader, <laughs> but like... <laughs> Like by a catastrophic margin, like even leaders that um, that you can say um, um, objectively, like looking at their policies, their foreign policy, what they've done, they're very bad presidents. But this guy is on a different wave. Like, <laughs> like he makes things worse. Like usually, like when politicians speak, they're meant to give you an air of confidence or just say the right. Like a politician's yeah, job is just a, reassure the public. Yeah, like even on Obama, Obama will be able to say nothing, but you just like you know what? I feel better now, Mister Obama. <laughs> Tony Blair as well. Even Cameron to a certain degree. Boris Johnson isn't very good at it, but he's a lot better than Trump. In fact, Boris is the 
best outside Rishi Sunak in his cabinet. That when he speaks, he gives an air of confidence, even though then within two minutes he's saying yeah. something that doesn't make any sense and that's just destroyed your confidence. <laughs> but I, do you know what I mean? But Trump, like, if you think like the world is going upside down, you listen to Trump, you think, okay, he's not going upside down, he's going round and round, we're done out here. Like, so <laughs> Trump makes everything yeah, so much worse. The world worse. ain't going nowhere. Yeah, so, um, so what's your thoughts been on the last, let's say, seven days um, in terms of what you've been seeing in terms of the protests in America and where do you stand on peaceful protests versus riots versus looting? Like, where do you stand with that regard? Yeah, so the last few days, like the past week has been so mad. Like, so, like I never would have expected that in 2021 we'd have a pandemic. And two, everybody around the world will be protesting yeah. black, about Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Yeah. After these people have been shitting on us for how many yeah. decades and centuries, all of a sudden everybody who was racist has decided, oh, I don't want to be racist anymore. <laughs> it's a little bit mad, but I get it because um, that video of George Floyd, I haven't watched it fully, but because I know if I watch it, it's going to be mad, but I know I've spoken to the people who have watched it. And I think the emotion that that video invoked in them is what sparked this as well, mm -hmm. as well as the fact that we're in a pandemic, people are unemployed. We ain't going nowhere. So we can pay attention now. Yeah. Word. People are free to engage in politics and actually steep what things have been happening and what's going on. So um, I think that's also it. But it's a bit annoying that so many people have had to die. For and us someone to had to point. die for this. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. Where do I stand on the writing and the looting and all of that? So I think protest is definitely important. When it comes to the violence, I, I don't really know of any massive change revolutionary change that has come about without some sort of violence and looting and stuff like that um yeah so West, i'm like listen it, it is what it is this is how <laughs> this is how things are done like <laughs> i don't know what else to say because that's that's history um peaceful as much as you can be but i don't know how much peace like it's the time is not now for peace anymore. Like we've done, we've been doing the peaceful protest. Look at Colin um, Kaepernick. Is that how you say his name? Kaepernick. Um, Kaepernick. Yeah, he was doing the knee. Everybody was berating him. They took him off the thing. And nah, the time for peace is finished. Sorry, everybody, wake up. <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> no, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I um, like I can't lie. Like we've seen some celebs, like um like champion a peaceful protest I, and I completely understand because they don't want the message to be diluted they don't want they understand mm. that when there's um scenes of violence or looting um the media will kind of swerve the attention to their it's just like typical propaganda um, um spin as they, as they call it over here or in politics and, yeah. and also also you get people who aren't even riding for the cause that are just being opportunists to go to loot and riot and stuff like that. And probably maybe mm -hmm. a chance for people to who are bored or to vent their frustration at what's going on, or maybe just because they've been cooped up indoors and stuff. But me personally, as you said, like this turn of a cheek thing don't work because clearly man and my turn of a cheek to get slapped again. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you know like that? So I, I don't I don't understand. And I and I genuinely believe the the call from um non-black people to peacefully protest is, a, I believe, it's a slap in the face because if you've endured what 
we have endured, whether it be in Africa, whether it be in Europe, whether it be South America, the Far East, North America, peace, mm. you, peace, is, you, peace is not deserved. No justice, no peace. Simple, Pe- facts. I even think, like, the reaction so far, uh, the wider public should even be grateful. Like, the, Amer- <laughs> the Americans should have turned that country upside down a long time ago. And I know it's yeah. difficult, but they should have. Because yeah. what's what's been happening is is insane, and still you're still finding people. People are still finding ways to, yeah, this was bad, but there's no buts. There's no buts, bro. Mm-hmm. This this bad, but all lives matter. But mm-hmm. Syria, my G, stop that. <laughs> Just like that, like stop it. So um, yeah, I can't lie. I am a full supporter for rioting, burning shit down. I know it sounds bad, like. I don't care. You can play this clip to my employer. I don't care. Burn that shit down. And if somebody somebody else asks me why, I'll give you a list of misdemeanors. I'll give you every single statistic to prove the systematic racism. Whatever subsection you want. You want want politics? I'll give you politics. You want justice system? I'll give you justice (laughs) system. You want want healthcare? I'll give you healthcare. You want sport? I'll give you sport. You want economics? I'll give you economics. Like, literally, there's hardcore statistics that are undeniable to show, let alone the lived experience of of a billion old black people across the world of systematic racism. So, like, man's not trying to hear about that peace talk. So, you people that are asking for peace need to allow it. Um, So, um, have you protested so far? Have I protested? Yeah. Oh, protested, my bad. No, I haven't because, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. See, this is what I want to talk Um, to you about. Yeah, go on. Yeah. And my mum is vulnerable and I live at home with my mum. So it's a bit sticky. Um, I don't want to go out and bring whatever's out there inside the home because I've already, unfortunately, had a family member pass away from COVID and we were only just getting over that so i don't really want to risk it at the mo- at this current moment in time especially our protest because mm. as much as we think you know like we can be protective and stuff um you, you're still going to be around people people are going to be shouting the saliva is just going to be on you like it's mm. just it's risky for me anyways personally so but if i wasn't living at home i'll be protesting i even told my mom she was like yeah i'll come with you and i was like well okay <laughs> all right why not let's ride out <laughs> but yeah have you um no um I, I actually i actually haven't gone out to um protest um but I, I have no problem with people doing that. I actually respect it. And I think the processes globally, we saw, I think, like, 15,000 in Manchester. Loads, I saw loads of people in Leicester. Mm. Uh, in London, there must have been tens of thousands. Um, so shout out to those people. Um, and the reason I just... Um, protest has never been... I just never been on protest. I think if something, like, really higgy, like, proper happened here, I think I'll... I, I can't lie. This is going to sound nuts, but I'm more on the more more violent approach <laughs> i can't lie so um mm. but um with regards i saw a lot of people like really really angry with the government with the government's response because obviously on friday health sec or secretary of state of health and blah 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 um, matt hancock was like please do not go and protest in any group larger than six and social distance are basically no protest and Preeti patel again comes back on a saturday like yo don't protest and people are really angry with them with this but i don't think you i generally don't think you can be angry. I think, I was even surprised the government told people not to protest. I can't lie. Because one, I thought they'll be too scared. Oh. Yeah, because I thought they'll be too scared. of all that's happening, I thought they'll be too scared to do it. And two, because they're incompetent. 
So I don't think they'll do it either. So you can't like I want the listeners to understand this. And by the way, this is let me reiterate, this is not a diss to protesters. I fully understand why protesters are doing this, and I don't blame them and actually encourage people to protest. But the health risk of tens of thousands of people not socially distancing, protesting is insane. The health risk. Because remember, we're still in a pandemic. Like, yes, we are we're mm-hmm. past the peak, but there's still there's still two to three hundred people dying per day and that's with a positive covid test that's not people that actually haven't been tested do you know what i mean people with mm. covid um with on a death certificate is significantly higher than the official government figure which is about forty thousand now so it's still a very big risk i think ons said about five thousand three hundred people per day on average are being infected or contracting coronavirus every day that's a big number mm. you know what i'm saying so the health risk so the government cannot be banging the drum of stay at home, stay safe, stay alert, all these um, slogan. Don't use don't use public transport unless it's for essential travel. Um, don't be in groups larger than six. Uh, social distance and co-sign a protest of tens of thousands of people. You then automatically yeah. discredit everything you've ever said and it is nobody in the country will, will listen to anything you say regarding social distancing. To be people. honest, they discredit it after the Cummins situation. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I, and, I, and I, think, uh. I think the Cummins, I think the Cummins was just like the final on the coffin because, yeah, because first of all, Boris said he's going to ease it, so people start to relax, and also it came at a time when there was two bank holidays in relative close proximity, and it was hot. Mm-hmm. So heat, yeah. and then obviously saying you're past a peak, so we're seeing Mandem do the conga for VE, VE Day. I didn't even know what that day was until that day. Listen, I never heard of it in my life. <laughs> yeah, same. And then people on the beach them. Which was insane, but obviously protesting um, police brutality and systematic racism is a noble cause to be out on the streets compared to getting lit on the beach with your friends. So I understand that difference, but the government actually can't condone it because then why can't people go to football games? Why can't there be concerts? Because yeah. because the sole reason behind the lockdown is health risk, not about morality. It's just health risk. They locked everything down because of health, so they had they had no choice. So I want people to understand the government had no choice. And I was trying to think, is there any alternative? Maybe they can inf- inf- enforce a social... Maybe they could have helped the protesters um, create like a socially distanced method. But you can't because how will people get there? They have to take public transport. Yeah, And it's not essential true. travel. Yeah, so it's just a big health risk. So the government are higgy. We, we're still on their necks. But this is one thing they actually do not deserve to get panned for because they actually did a, the right and sensible thing. And when and if, if the figures, God forbid, go up... People are going to point to the protest. And that's something that I want people to be prepared for. Because that's going to happen. Yeah, they're definitely are. Yeah. All those far-right people are going to come out of their nooks and their crannies. Yeah, but it will, it will actually be a justified... It will be a justified thing. Because if you look at, for example, like Cheltenham, just before um, Corona, mm. um, like Cheltenham, they got hit relatively hard compared to the regions outside of Cheltenham because of Cheltenham Festival. And even, um, I think, Liverpool played FS Madrid in February. And this was like when most games were getting called off, but this game still went ahead. And then they mm-hmm. were, and then they they saw spikes for people in that game. Um, they could track it to that game. So people in Spain and in Liverpool, because obviously if you have got Corona, like that the rate Corona's rate of infection is a mad thing, absolute madness. Like it can affect three people. It's very it's a very contagious yeah. disease. So yeah, and I, I really hope that doesn't happen. I'm praying against it, and I hope any rise is a very um, that's what I'm looking for low one. That's my mm-hmm. prayer, but. I'm kind of worried, but I can't lie. I wonder what will happen, like, if after this, 
like the protesting around will, do you think we'll see spikes if we don't see spikes that's going to be really interesting too yeah I think for us to see spikes is going to probably take a two to four week time lag and I think mm. we've started to see spikes from the activities of the bank holiday weekends a couple of weeks ago and four weeks ago because yeah. the, the rate of infection in northwest England and I think it's in southeast England as well is actually above one so remember before it's so like 0.7 oh. to 1 yeah so the rate of infection is actually what, that's the R the yeah, R yeah the R yeah so R number is still 0.7 to 0.9 for the whole country as a whole but in certain regions yeah. it's gone up so and even the death toll even a death toll on the rate of infection is the scientist was like it's not coming down as quickly as we would want. So, yeah. and I think that's because of the activity. So in a month's time, so I'm beginning end of June, early July, we'll see the impact, if any, of the uh, protests. And I hope it's really small. And I think protests are still going to continue. Like, I think people are still planning more protests than that. And I'm good on yeah. them in terms of the moral thing. But, yeah, because yeah. this is what, do people think one weekend will finish now? Yeah. It's for life, baby. Yeah, so, and I think if, 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 if the government wants to... Um, mitigate their health risk you're gonna have to do something to pacify the protesters yeah, and that's make you, to the people. you're gonna and that's not just saying you're you're gonna have to make hardline changes because people do you know what i mean like people saw the right and, mm. and in america if they don't send them people down with meaningful charges the, the backlash is going to be insane so yeah and i think that's people are riled up now yeah because they're ready yeah yeah i think they upgraded the charges from third degree to second degree murder and they went and collected the other three um (laughs) they collected them man they thought they got off yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, there's people have like there's been a lot what have you seen in terms of um um what's i'm looking for like tangible actual changes or announcements you see from pressure from protests have you seen much this week because i've seen a few myself what did i see i think the fact that the up the um charges have been upgraded yeah that's the biggest one i think that's that's important i think also brianna taylor her case has been reopened i Mm. saw um not sure if that's been like properly confirmed but i saw something about that um what else have i seen um there's the what's it the crown prosecution People are going to reopen Belly Majinga's. Well, not reopen, but review it. Have yeah. a look at it. Um, what else? A few things. I'm I'm still wondering, like, what's going to happen with the law. I'm be- I've been seeing some people actually talking about the laws mm. and talking about the history of these laws, which is really important because I think people just think, oh, we're just protesting because we want police violence and brutality to just stop. But the actual laws have come out of slavery and. Like, I think, where did I read somewhere that the police originally in America were slave catchers? Mm. And then when you fast forward to, um, there's this police law in America, it's, I think it's qualified immunity or something. That means that if you're, if you want to sue the police or if you want to raise charges against the police, you can't. And that arised because policemen were, um, obviously being violent towards black people, I think around the 1960s or something. (laughs) And they were trying to raise it up, like trying to go against it. And then they ruled a law saying if the police are acting with probable cause, then they can be immune to anything, essentially. Mm. Yeah, and I but think... Do yeah. your research, innit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going to look into that myself. I think that's the main thing because um, um, the, re- the the issue is not just the police brutality. Is that I put out numbers before. from twenty? If you look at um, cases from 2013 to 2019 in the United States, and that is when... US police um, officers have shot and killed um, people, civilians. 
do not get charged. Not 99% don't get convicted. 99% mm. do not get charged. You know what 99% is? That's how every 100, only one youth is getting charged. So the, the issue yeah. is not just the actual activity, but as the system enables people to get away with it. And if the laws were different, mm-hmm. it's very likely that we'll see a drop in police brutality. Even, um, I was even doing research and um, it even showed that police brutality dropped significantly when um, police are taught to impact, um, implement certain stages before they result to force. So I think, um, mm-hmm. I have to go get up and I'll put it later in the podcast, but like it can drop police brutality like, by 25% if they followed the procedures that were recommended. But the problem is the vast majority, the overwhelming majority of police forces have not implemented these procedures into their training and their code of conduct. Mm-hmm. So naturally, do you know what I mean? Like we're still getting the same results that we are. But um, even other changes, like I've seen stuff like, um, even like celebrity activity after my man Virgil thought it was cool to drop a young fiddy on a man them like, yo, take that. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yeah, hey, I, I heard y'all getting killed in there out here. Stay safe, though. Here's 50 bucks. Obviously, he got flogged, yeah, online. Absolutely flogged nah, him. Nah, that's, this man is a joke. Yeah, he's a comedian still. For that for that activity, he's a comedian. So we saw, like, I think Drake dropped, like, 100 grand. Um, um, the weekend, he dropped 400. I know Kanye is committed to $2 million. Million? Yeah. yeah, to the families. And not just doing that, he's also... Uh, paying for legal fees and doing all sorts of great things. So that shout out to him. Yeah, I even saw like an American football player. This was an interesting perspective. Um, he plays for the team that I support. He's named Dakota Prescott. He's 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 mixed, and he had like this long post and he spoke about like it's important. And he's he's coming from an angle of the police. So he's like, I am willing to put in a million dollars to helping out um, the community as well as funding um, police retraining. So he, oh wow! Yeah, so he was he getting a lot. Like he really put his money where his mouth is. Yeah, so he was getting the heat, but I'm thinking that's actually a shout because, the, like, I think that's another tangible thing. Obviously, people are seeing as he's giving money to the police, but that no, they, they need to be retrained because obviously it's clear how they're being trained. Do you know what I mean? It's it's not conducive. Yeah. Um. So and also Michael Jordan and the Jordan brand have committed to over the next ten years, they're um, investing a hundred million dollars into like um into all the stuff which is a massive commitment 100 million it's not easy i think wow yeah 100 million yeah 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 like, listen this time is different you know like listen the yeah. pressure the pressure is too big it's so important uh, even it's so important and uh, what else do i see even pretty little thing after they released the graphic <laughs> of of a white person shaking venom's hand uh, and they got panned by the streets i think they've got like a was it sweetie the um, the rapper mm. Um, she got had like a collection coming out, and then like all the the proceeds are gonna go to like Black Lives Matter, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, nice. yeah. So this is why it's good to protest. This is why it's good to smash it up. This is why it's good to when people talk crap on social media or release trash statements, we pam them on social <laughs> media. I think I think yeah. social media has played a big part this year, this time because yeah, people are tweeting this time stuff. It's gone beyond and, the echo chamber and it, and. And they're getting flogged, like absolutely, like and no doubt Twitter's changed. <laughs> no doubt Twitter's changed um, the functionality, so you can actually see quote retweets. And you open the mm. quote retweets, and you're seeing people flogging them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like it's literally. I've never seen so many people come into action and are now more patterned. So, I think the social media act activism and people on the ground like 
flipping cars over or protesting in the rain, snow, sunshine, mm-hmm. nonstop. Do you know what I mean? And, the, and obviously the cries from black people, whether it be in sports, media, medicine, blah, blah, blah. I think it's actually made it. Yeah. It's actually making an impact. And I, I just pray that it lasts, like, and this is, like, the energy yeah. that we maintain. And I think I, in, we need to start thinking about how we're going to make these things sustainable. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the most important part because protesting and writing and doing violence is not that sustainable. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to get tired. <laughs> <laughs> On top of that, we're, we're in the middle of a pandemic. People yeah. <laughs> are going to get sick. Yeah. So Ooh. we need to bear that in mind. And we've, and seen, a da- and we've, also, se- and we've also seen the data that uh, we are more susceptible to the pandemic than other races like black I think black men are four times more likely yeah. to die black women three times more likely to die than a white counterpart yeah. so even the risk factor is even greater in our parts but we're still out in the streets which I think is so so G but yeah continue yeah no definitely it's it's yeah we definitely need to be careful and we need to definitely start organizing and think we need to think smarter like when this is over, when people are tired, because people will get tired, what can we start doing? And it's great that people are opening their purses, you know, people yeah. are opening their wallets because that's number one. We need the resource. Number two is now we need organization. We need to think long term. Like, how do we keep these things going? Um, yeah. And I think that would be pivotal, pivotal. And people should start engaging with politics a little bit more because these they've been able to get away with so much. Absolute murder. Across the world. Yeah, because people aren't opening their eyes yeah yeah and, and that's yeah. true actually i think killer mike said that in one of his talks like he was like we need to start beating them up in the in the in the voting booth and i, and I agree with this um and i think this is which is ironic because this is one of the things that kind of made me vilified in certain segments of the www.twitter world because i was i was screaming to people i was like listen we can't just keep giving our vote to labor it's not doing anything they don't actually have to do anything and implement any policy or any sort of, or try to change any sort of narrative, because regardless, eighty-eight percent of Caribbean people, eighty-two to eighty-five percent of um, Black um, African African British people, are going to vote for Labour. So if you know you've got that vote on tap, you don't have to. You don't have to. You know what I mean? I know how poli- with mm. um, with politicians and um, parties, they do a lot to kind of get the swing vote. Do you know what I mean? You know you've got your yeah. base. You want to have certain things for your base, but you try to get those people that are marginal. Yeah. If we're not a marginal vote, like they don't have to really attend to us, and and it's not just us. Like even just like the working class Britain, I thought with Labour Party, for example, like well, even the working class Britain have been disillusioned to a point where they're voting for really and truly their actual ops <laughs> in terms of <laughs> in terms of the policies implemented. Yeah, in terms of the pol- <laughs> yeah, in terms of the policies implemented and the attitudes shown from the Conservative Party. But that's how bad that's how bad it got, and and I think that people need to understand that. We actually have we have a lot more power than we think. We may, we may not yeah. be powerful. That's because we haven't utilized our power. Like I'm sounding mm-hmm. like a spoken word artist. That's mad. But <laughs> I think. <laughs> right. nah, but I okay. think. But even like even like me, um, I've always seen my role in this office as a social commentator and a provider of information. But I've always wanted to get more active. But like when it comes to politics, I'm like, do you know what? I actually don't have time to conform and but I'm actually gonna try and actually get involved in like more local mm. stuff. Because even yeah. um, I had a brother on called Cameron and he was telling me like in his area you see a lot of stuff being patterned for the Asian people. But that's because they were run up in local um yeah. council meetings and demand shit. And once you put once they put you know, yourself in positions of power, and this is not a critique, this is actually a praise that Okay, cool. Now we've got our Sikh people in the local council. When it's time to divide the budget, we're gonna make sure the stuff for our people 
in our yeah. local community. You see, you see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I think that is more of the things that we need to do. Like, I think there's, there's so many different stages and fragments. And I think yeah. what's quite difficult, and what I think people don't understand or haven't really taken it as black people, it's hard for black people to be unified because we're a massive group and we're not a monolith. Yeah. So for example, people who yeah. come Asian, but they don't sound, they're probably talking about um, Indians one group Pakistanis one group mm-hmm. Bangladeshis one people they just got Eastern Europeans oh Polish people they're one group they're one homogenous group to a certain degree when you talk about when you talk about black people we talk about Caribbeans you're talking about Africans and we're all from different countries as well you see what I'm saying yeah. even when we go into our own countries there's different tribes so it's a lot yeah. harder to have like one kind of universal um, I don't know message or method but I think we're in a proper spirit of collaboration right now Mm. And uh, and I just hope it continues because we've got the we've actually yeah. got the money, we've got the money. If if, if you if you pull your money yeah. together, it becomes way more powerful, in my opinion. Yeah, if we pull our resources, our minds, money, everything together, what what force to be reckoned with? Especially since we're like leaders of culture globally. Yeah, like if that's just facts. I don't think if if black people weren't that powerful in terms of like culture, this would have gone as far as it did yeah. but it is yeah because um i was speaking to when i was speaking to like at first when people were talking about what hasn't this person said i didn't really understand it in it but like speaking to some of like my female friends and reading the tweets from like the people online the ladies online i started to understand it more because they're saying you can't benefit from us and then when shit is a fan you're not local and it makes sense because when you think about yeah. it like this i don't know i actually don't care how this sounds i was going to try to work it down but basically um quote-unquote black culture, for lack of a better term, is what determine we kind of determine what's cool, whether it be in fashion, sport, music, do you know what I mean? Pop culture, we kind of determine what's cool. Black Twitter, the, black Twitter is like the home of all the memes and the jokes. You know what I mean? Mm. Our music is the most popular. If you look at fashion, like rap music, R&B artists and sports stars are the ones that are used to kind of pedal what's cool and the new trends and stuff. So we have that... Mm. We have that uh, kind of cultural, cultural power. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So essentially, so if you're coming into quote unquote black culture as an outsider, you are effectively occupying the space of somebody else in the community. So if you're going to occupy that space, mm. you have to operate like you are part of that community. And if you're part of the community, when things are going wrong, you're going to ride. You're going to you're going to feel bad about. It, you're going to want to change that. So if you're not willing to do that, that means you are a taker and you are a leech and you're not an actual member of the community. And if yeah. you're not a member of the community, we do not have to. F- continue to fund and accept your presence here and after seeing the articulated by the girls on twitter and some of my friends are like do you know what i'm with you though fd's use to be fair i've been fd's use regardless anyway i can't lie but now <laughs> I, i'm now i fully advocate it and even if you're a black person that like, if you're not gonna use your platform to a certain degree um, and it doesn't have to be in all of our faces because some people have been doing stuff like behind the scenes but if you're not if it comes out that you are doing absolute F all, then you may in this day and age in this 2020 going forward that's not mm. going to run because people are not going to support you because they're going to think that you're not one of us so that's something to consider yeah even worse still you might be memefied like Virgil <laughs> <laughs> yeah. then you're just a joke <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but yeah no you're right it is it's important how's your how how, how have you felt about it personally like on a on a, on a personal level like do you feel drained? Do you feel tired? Do you feel sad? Like when you're like, do you, do you need social media breaks? Like how has it impacted you and your everyday life and your and your feelings and your mental state, etc.? 
Yeah, so on a personal level, I feel like, okay, like finally I can speak about race and people will listen. Mm. Um, especially in a workplace, because now loads of, like you've seen, the corporations, some corporations are obviously doing this for a publicity stunt. You know, they want to seem cool. It's the latest trend, so they're going to be speaking out on it. Even though we'll be like, this you on Twitter? Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, my favourite but... <laughs> shit, man. Hey, this you? God. <laughs> but, like, there are some workplaces, like my place of work, where they're actually trying to facilitate the conversation more. They're trying to, they've taken it in and they've been like, you know what, yeah, this is obviously as a, like, this whole thing has come as a result of racism, and there's finally an understanding that racism is not just overt, it happens in as small as microaggressions, it happens in um, what's stunting people from progressing up the ladder in the workplace, so let's talk about it, and we're going to be open with it, we're going to be honest, if we get something wrong, we're open to um, criticism, mm. like, let us know, and I'm like, oh, finally, so... Okay, so personally, I'm feeling a bit more optimistic about things when it comes to race, like, um, than I was before. So back when I was doing my undergrad, like, I don't even know how many years ago that was, but back in the day, in it, um, I was actually the BAME officer um, at the University of Manchester, and we would be trying to, like, do different things, like, try and promote ourselves, and you'd come and see the way they'll just be like, oh, that's cute, but no. <laughs> Like, what? <laughs> huh? I don't know if universities are, have now changed and they're a little bit open, but um, corporations in general, like, now I'm feeling, okay, some of them are actually willing to put their, Money with their mind to it and, yeah, and resources to it. And also, that reminds me of what um, the Reddit founder is doing. Oh, Serena Williams' husband. What's his name? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay, Mr. Williams. Alex something yeah he's decided that he's going to step down and he wants a black person to take his place in leadership i think that's a matter um and i'm like wow i like that because it's like okay you realize that you're in a position of power and you have the power to pay like make the way for black people to shine like you get it yeah i'm not sure if i'm a fan of that <laughs> well i just hello mm. but the fact that he's gonna put a black person Go, go go him hopefully that person can now impact stuff from the top down but shout out him I think also having um, Serena Williams as his wife gives him a level of insight I'm not, yeah. not, not to take away from him in the person I, I would like to imagine that he already had a level of insight that enabled him to get on the fire in the first place but like shout out him and I think what this has shown me and I think I'm seeing like, that the, the ladies there online absolutely pamming these brands left right centre up and down mm -hmm. just cooking 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 so. cooking people and now, like, I'm looking at it, I'm like, I understand the girls. Because the statements they're putting out, it's evident that if you had a black woman or a black man in your team, you would not mm -hmm. think this is a... This will fly. Like, from, like, PLT to... Yeah. I can't remember what brand it was, that they had a picture of um, George Floyd, rest in peace, and with glitter coming out of his eyes as tears. Like, you don't do that mm. to a black man. Like, why are you yeah. editing a black, uh, somebody who's died's picture with glitter just to fit your brand's aesthetic? Are you, are you, are you on crack? Is it crack? Is it actually, <laughs> is it actually crack? And I think if you had... If diversity wasn't just a buzzword and it was an yeah. actual an actual philosophy and ethos mm -hmm. and you had people like this in your in your teams because it's not like um you can't find people like that of talent because that's a lie the, the talent is everywhere yeah. 
100%. Like, if black um, culture is going to be used um, in your brand, in your marketing, and your stakeholders, like, so the women by investing and purchasing your products, and even the people you're working with, collaborators, are black women, to me, it makes absolutely no sense. And this is not even just from a moral and do it right perspective, but from a business sense, Mm -hmm. it makes no sense not having if it's like black women or black men in your team to represent that community because you're going to get things wrong all the time. And that's why these companies have been, getting, have been getting things wrong all the time. Hence why hashtag yeah. diversity matters because you don't be putting venom and, and somebody's handshaking and think that's going to fly when people find out about after they've just seen a man literally be murdered for eight minutes on video and you think that was going to fly. Like... That it's a process. real nonsense. Yeah, that thought process is. is kind At of... this point, the ignorance is a choice. Like it's actually an active choice. Yeah, and and, and I've been to, and I've been to, I've been to, I've been. That's one thing I've been banging on for the last two weeks. I said we're giving some of these people way too much credit. They know they just don't care. But I think now yeah. it's got to a point where if you don't care, you're looking funny in the lights. And I think, um, <laughs> and I, yeah, and I think maybe this generation is like one of the most is the most. Um, maybe not a common, like the the least problematic generation that's probably lived on the earth. So that's why you're probably seeing the younger generation. You're seeing more like white kids on the streets with black people because they're thinking, "No, this is just wrong. Like this is this is big face wrong." Do you know what I mean? And I think mm-hmm. maybe in previous generations, also I think the lack of evidence, hardcore evidence. I don't know. Maybe, do you know yeah, they, it was easy for them to get um, away with it. Yeah, because information wasn't as widely available. Yeah, so I think now the fact that you're seeing the hardcore evidence and you're seeing the outcry and people are looking like if this doesn't move you, then what does? Do you know what I mean? Like then how yeah. can, how can you say you care about racism and this doesn't make you feel sick and make you wanna enforce change? Mm. So that makes me optimistic. But then again I go on sometimes I go on Twitter and I see the performative performative nature, I'm thinking, oh, we're gonna get anywhere. So yeah. I don't know. It I literally just it's... go I got up and down with it. I don't know. Yeah, same. Because I'm like, on the one hand, I'm glad that all these brands are speaking up because they're raising awareness. Mm-hmm. And that's like, you need that for movement. On the other hand, I'm like, okay, but like, is anything going to get done though? <laughs> like, it's tricky. Um, it's just, I don't know if I would rather them shut up or or just, just nah, they just need to do their research and come, come better, come correct. The only brand that I really respect is Ben and Jerry's because they've been about it. Yeah, like, they have. Before ben. all of this hype. Yeah. They, they've had blogs on it. Like, they've broken down, like, economic inequality by race on their website. Can you imagine? Yeah, that's mad. Ben and Jerry's. They've already had it there before all of this. Yeah, they, they've been so. on point. And I think Nike has been one that's been... has had a history of standing by the stuff. So I know Nike and Ben and Jerry's. So mm. I need Hagen to come out and get patterned because I'm looking funny in the lights right now. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, mm. yeah, but um, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else we haven't covered so far? Hmm. Mm, the COVID nineteen report, maybe. Oh yeah. Uh, ha, ha, ha. Okay. So, um, the streets should know that you're gonna have a YouTube video coming out on this. When should they expect it, roughly? Oh, pressure! Like I'm still trying to edit it, but like uh, hopefully next week. So okay. Okay. watch out for that. Yeah. But yeah, go go, go for it. It's just gonna be a brief summary on like what like what it's found and stuff and addressing like what health inequalities actually are. Um the report itself, um, it really doesn't 
are not like we already know what is telling us. Like <laughs> everything they've put in there, we we already know. We've been new. Their numbers aren't even that new. Like <laughs> nothing is. And I think the problem with it as well, which I'll speak about in the video, is that it it analyzes all the factors separately. So it looks at age, it looks at occupation, it looks at deprivation, but it doesn't connect the dots, especially mm. when it comes to ethnicity. And it's that connection of the dots that leads to the health inequalities that we're already seeing. So they have said that they're going to do more investigation and this is just part one. So let's see what happens. But yeah, it's kind of, it's just description. Like, it's, I don't know, like, <laughs> it's just, okay. Like, yeah, it's nothing amazing. What do you feel? Um, so, what are some of the, of the findings? Pardon? What on that? So, some of the, what are some of the findings that, just in case people haven't been aware of what some of the oh, right. findings were? So, so when it comes to like diagnosis, per hundred thousand population, the highest diagnosis rates were amongst black people, and the lowest were amongst white people. So, it found that about 15% and 10% of critically ill patients from Asian and Black minority ethnic groups, um, yeah, respectively, yeah, 15% and 10% were critically ill patients. And when it comes to death rates, the highest were amongst Black and Asian groups again, compared to white ethnic groups. So Black males were four times, almost four times more likely to die than white groups. And Black females... And black females were 3.3 times more, more likely to die than the white people. So that is a massive, massive discrepancy. So that's like a 400 and 300% more likely chance to pass if you happen to be a a black um, a black female or a 400% chance if you have to be a black male. That's a very, very scary statistic. Yeah. And I was quite irritated in the fact that, yeah, it's we're doing this at poor public health England, yeah, we're going to look into this. Four weeks, six, about six weeks or so later, telling us the gist that the scientist and what <laughs> gave us seven weeks ago with no action plan, no, no real, like, verbal diagnosis to why of the discrepancy, to, like, to give us a proper breakdown of the discrepancy, like, no actual plan no pressure points like do you know what i mean like it was just yeah, and 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 they, they were withholding it for like a week so why were you holding it did you take something out or wasn't it just not finished like 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 what like i mean they did take something out but i need to look into that a little bit more yeah man, start, um, what i was interesting from this report was when they start comparing it to the baseline so the baseline being um the previous death rate. So death rates in previous years, um, in absence of COVID versus yeah. death rates. The excess now. death stats. Yeah. Yeah. So there's the excess ones. The excess ones is what we'd expect. And then they've got baseline, which is previous. I don't really know the difference, but no. hey, this is how they separated it. <laughs> um, the baseline shows that white people in general from any other cause of death were dying at higher rates than black and Asian. However, now that COVID is here, Black and Asian people are dying more. And on top of that, Black and Asian people are having no, more non-COVID deaths, mm. which is interesting because it's like, hmm, wow, okay. That's very strange. So that's why we need to figure out what's going on. That's why they need to start connecting the dots. It's all well and good putting out these like descriptive stats, like nice, lovely. But how do they all connect? Mm -hmm. Like, what's the story? Yeah, so the streets need to hear that. So, 
I think that's another thing with with um, like as an action plan for having us the people is justice for Belly. One, we need to put yeah. pressure on that. Two, listen, any sort of police brutality that exhibited here, we don't, we shouldn't wait for the Americans then to rise up. We shouldn't let that happen. And also, right. three, to put pressure on them to drop the digits for uh, more information for why as black people we are more susceptible to die from covid like what what is the actual facts behind this like what are the causation what's the risk factors how can we avoid yeah. these risk factors in a short middle middle and long term like we need we need answers you can't just tell us this and just like yo that's mad stay safe though like no nah, we need to know <laughs> yeah do you know what i mean we need to know more yeah definitely huh. it's yeah, it's a whole lot of madness going, but we must not take our foots off next. the next. Yeah, facts. Like, we cannot do that. Yeah. No okay. cap. Well, hmm. Yeah. Have you missed out anything? I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think we covered things that I said that's been going on this week. Okay. Well, okay, so, no, okay, so back to plug time. So where can they find you on the social medias then? So on the social media, on Twitter you can find me at Felicia Ayanswa. So Felicia, you know how that's spelled, you can Google it. Or and Ayanswa is A Y E N S U A. So you can find me on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram on that. Um yeah. And what about the Black Economist Network? And the network you can find at the Black Econ underscore on Twitter, um, as well as on Instagram. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, people, make sure you go check out um, Felicia's page. Subscribe to YouTube. Don't be a hater. Make sure you subscribe. Follow her. Her tweets are quite good, and she's funny sometimes. So, oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, you are funny sometimes. I'll give, you, I'll give you that. And also, if people are interested in economics, especially economists, make sure you join a Black Economics Network. If you like this yeah, podcast or any comments, just make just tweet it. Drop a young hashtag, hashtag Desonomics. Um... I'm not sure if you got a hashtag yet, Felicia. So, did you have a hashtag? Um, not yet. Okay. By not... the way, it's Felicia. 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 Um, ah, <laughs> ah. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I just can't help antagonising. So, um, yeah, so make sure you do that. And yeah, until next week, stay safe. Stay alert. <laughs> oh, I hate that slogan so much. Oh, I hate them. They're so annoying. They're so propagandist. How can I stay alert? I can't see COVID. Like, Listen, like, like I'm I don't know. If they got COVID goggles, I don't know how. Yeah, I can't smell it. I can't see it. I can't hear it. Like, am I meant to have like... I'm, I'm not Spider-Man. I'm not all dead. If I can't just sense the, the COVID local. Like, do you know what I mean? But, but nevertheless, stay alert, innit? <laughs> you know that? But, but yeah. Until next week, people, God bless. Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh.